All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. All right, welcome to the show, Debbie Sibler, uh, from Post Betrayal, the Post Betrayal Transformation Institute. Welcome, Debbie. Uh, thank you so much, Debbie Silber, Post Betrayal Transformation. It's a it's a mouthful. Yes, <laughs> I tried to get it all out at once, and I nearly tripped over myself there. No worries. So thanks for coming on the show, and uh, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. So if you don't mind, uh, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you came up to starting the Institute. Sure. I don't think anybody uh, sets out to, to uh, specialize in betrayal. Uh, it's actually my 30th year in business. And as my life would change and grow, so would the business. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had a really painful betrayal from my family. And I, I thought I did the work I needed to do to heal. And then a couple of years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. So um, shocked, blindsided, you know, how anybody would experience it. And um, I said, okay, well, what's similar to these two experiences? Me, uh, I never really took my own needs seriously. It was always about everybody else. And I was like, all right, something's got to change here. So got him out of the house. And um, here I was, four kids, six dogs. I was 50, thriving business. And I was like, I'm going back for a PhD in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential because I was changing. I didn't quite understand what was happening. You know, he was too, wasn't really ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. Awesome. It's a, you know, it's a, I mean, it's not awesome things happen to you, but it, it's also you found a way to take it back. I, I'd like to say you took back your, your life and took back a way to help others as you came forward. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I, I kind of feel like it's an obligation. If someone's been through something and you've learned, how do you not shorten someone else's learning curve? I mean, I didn't do anything anybody else couldn't do. I just did something really good with something really bad. And I said, if I can heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. And and that's since become the PBT Institute. Awesome. <laughs> so well, I guess we'll get right into it. So tell us about betrayal. Why does it hurt? What does it impact? And what does it create for the person or for the family? Yeah. You know, it's so painful because, uh, this is the person or these were the people who gave us a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person or these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security, it's, it's traumatizing. It's really, really hard. So betrayal is really unique in that. Um, and that was actually one of the discoveries that it's, it, it's different than other crises, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster. It's not like which one is better or worse. They kind of, they all stink. But I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease and I was like, you know what? Betrayal feels so different for me, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants, I said, if you've been through other crises besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. When you lose someone you love, let's say, 
you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, life will never be the same. But you don't necessarily take it personally. You know, betrayal feels so intentional. So you take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust, they're all shattered. So that type of healing needed its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. The complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after betrayal. Wow. Okay. That, that's, like I said, that is a mouthful. I'll try not to mess it up every time I say it. So, <laughs> so what is post-betrayal transformation? How is it different from post-traumatic growth? Yeah. Which we hear a lot now. Right. Well, post-traumatic growth, if, you know, if, if I were to explain it, it's sort of like the, the upside of trauma, how trauma, regardless of whatever it is, leaves you with a new awareness, perspective, insight that you didn't have. So let's say you lose someone you love and you may say, realize, you know, you come out of that and you're like, you know what? Life is short and the little things matter, things like that, you know, but that's the case. And, and definitely the experience after, which could be the experience after betrayal, but what was so unique to betrayal was the rebuilding of the self. So if I were to give you an equation, it would be post-traumatic growth plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. Okay. That makes it, uh, I guess, keep it simple right there. It's not, yeah, it makes it easy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, coming from my side, the uh, military, we, we always hear PTSD. PTSD uh -huh. says, right, the post-traumatic growth, we hear that all the time now. Mm -hmm. and, and seeing post-betrayal transformation and seeing... I had a lot of soldiers who went through betrayal instances during wow. my 22 years, but I, I was not keen on noticing the signs and symptoms. Mm -hmm. So what are physical symptoms or behavioral patterns that you might see from someone that's going through these things? Yeah. And, and I just want to, well, first of all, thank you for your service. And I really just want to acknowledge PTSD. We, we usually think it's sort of reserved for those in combat, you know, and, and that is definitely um, the case, but it is so common to have PTSD symptoms because of betrayal where, you know, cognitively, you know, it's not happening right now, but your body is acting like it's, you know, you're just triggered and you're right back there. So very common to betrayal, but this was actually the second discovery. And that was uh, that there's this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. We've had, you know, 20, uh, probably 25,000 people who've taken our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. And, you know, one thing about it that's really interesting is we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal. That's simply not true. There's, there's a question that reads, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know time alone just will not heal this. Uh, but in a very long-winded way to get to your, your answer here, uh, you know, every couple of months I pull the stats from the quiz just to see what's going on. And, and just to give you an example, of what betrayal does, here are some stats. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That alone is exhausting. 
Yes. 60, yeah, 60, no, uh, 94% deal with painful triggers. Here are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% struggle with their sleep. 63% have extreme fatigue. So they can go to sleep, wake up the next day, they're exhausted. Uh, 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe they can't hold food down. Later on, they're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues. Here are the, uh, some of the mental ones. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock. And 62% are unable to concentrate. So now just imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue and you're exhausted. That's not even the, the emotional ones. 88% extreme sadness. 83% are angry. You just bounce back and forth between sadness and anger. And that's debilitating. 82% feel hurt. 80% are anxious. 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book Trust again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% are preventing themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. And 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and... And I'm guessing if they go to a uh, a mental health professional with any of those symptoms, they're going to just drug them and say they have something other than what they actually have. Exactly. And and here's the thing, and this is why we created the Institute, because so many people think you've been betrayed. You know, once you've been betrayed, just go to, let's say, therapy. Now, here's what we found. First of all, if that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it actually does more harm than good. That's the first thing. The second thing is... This is the kind of thing that it hits us on every level, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Uh, so every level has to be worked on. And so often people just think, okay, well, I'll go to therapy. And, and that's dealing with it on one level. But you may have heard, you know, the issues are in the tissues. We have to get to this. Uh, it, it is stuck in the nervous system. It's stuck in the body. Um, we need the right type of support. So we need to handle this from a multi with a multi-pronged approach to fully heal definitely and i believe uh not going the route of medication right away is the best way to at least understand what's going on with the person like you're saying get an expert in that field that understands what that person is actually talking about before you actually you're betraying them by not actually helping them you know what? And that is so true. I'm so glad you said that. And also, you know, it's interesting. There were three groups in the study who didn't heal. The first group was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. So maybe they ran to their doctor who put around, who put them on, let's say, mood stabilizers or anti-anxiety medication, something like that. Or they would use food or drugs or alcohol, work, TV, whatever, right, to numb, avoid, distract. They didn't heal. This, this, I mean, it may have made the day a bit easier to get through, but not without a price. The second group was the group who they just had their story and they were sticking with it. You know, that was it. This is what happened to me. And this is, you know, my story and that's it. And there was a third group. And I found this so interesting. This was the group where the betrayer had no consequences. So maybe because of religious reasons, financial fear, uh, not wanting to break up a family, fear of change, whatever it is, they did their best to just put the experience behind them just to make it easier, you know? And I only found two things with this, with this group. 
the first was a further deterioration of the relationship. And, and I'm talking family member, partner, you know, someone in a position of authority, anything. The second thing I saw was this group was by far the most physically sick. You're, wow. you're, yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know, you, you can't, your body can't handle that, that, that living with that untruth. I don't even know if untruth is a word, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's easy to understand what that means. <laughs> the falsehood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and people are so afraid of shaking up a relationship, but you know, let's be honest when the betrayer, uh, chose to, to make those decisions, they shook up the relationship, but then the person who's been betrayed where the trust is shattered, they're the ones so often that are so afraid of a complete and utter death and destruction of the old, but that's the only way to birth the new. And people ask me all the time, you know, can trust be repaired? I say, no, can it be rebuilt? Yes, but it's a, it's a big process and it takes the willingness of the person where the trust was shattered to be willing, you know, if they, if they want to right, to, to uh, see that this person is so different. And, and I really look at it like it's a brick wall where, you know, the only way I know of a brick wall being built, built is brick by brick by brick. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy is like a brick in the brick wall. And then now here, that person it can take 10, 20, 30 years to build the wall. And then that's the very person who shatters it. So the person who's been betrayed can look and say, at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt and totally fine. They can walk away. But if they choose to uh, reconcile the friendship, the, the relationship, whatever, they have to be willing uh, to watch the wall get rebuilt. And the person who shattered the trust has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the same, right? It goes up the same way it went up the first time, brick by brick by brick. Just like I, I guess, just like when you first build that relationship and you first meet, however you meet uh, nowadays, probably through Match.com. But in the old days, you actually went mm -hmm. and seen someone face to face and said hello, yeah. and you built that relationship. Yeah. And uh, it's the same way you do it, you you build it a piece at a time, and sometimes there's that spark, and right away you feel it, you know, it, and you go forward. But mm -hmm. that's that's not an always thing. That sometimes it takes time to realize, hey, I just want to be with this person forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, we teach within the PBT Institute also, how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest just to, just to heal yourself and move on? And, and that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest, if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, to rebuild something entirely new with that person who hurt you? And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, we, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress. And this time our four kids is our bridal party. Um, you know, betrayal will show you who someone truly is or who they temporarily became. Oh, that's a, I never thought of it that way. That's a good thing. Good thing to look at that way. Were your dogs in the wedding too or were they after? What's that? Were the six dogs in the wedding as well, or just the kids? <laughs> we left them home. <laughs> left them home, okay. <laughs> They'd be a big part, because a big part of my house. <laughs> yeah, but but it's really, you know, and, and this is the thing, betrayal really lends itself to creating an entirely new identity, because everything's been shattered. So you take the parts you love, 
and you leave behind the parts that no longer serve. So, you know, if it was that you never had boundaries in place, that you didn't realize or really understand how lovable, worthy, deserving you are, whatever it is for you, here's an opportunity to say, you know, that old version of me, that old version of that relationship, that old version is just dead and gone. And the beauty is you can build something entirely new. Yes, that, that, that's a great, uh, great way to see that as well. Because now it's a whole new world, basically, for you. That, that's, that's it. Good. That's it. Otherwise, what's the point of the trauma? You know, just right. to stay stuck, stuck or sick or sad. I mean, it's it's such a um, it's the setup for transformation if you use it that way. Right. So, what are the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough yeah. that uh, you discovered through your study? Yeah, and this was such an exciting discovery. This was the 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 third discovery. We found that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do, if you're going to fully heal, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is now we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages, and we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So now we know healing is predictable. There's a roadmap for it. And... Um, I am happy to go through the stages if you like. Yes, please. Sure. And I map them out fully in trust again. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. And that's what my coaches and, and uh, practitioners get certified in. But here, for the most part, here are the, the five stages briefly. So the first is like a setup stage. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And what I saw with every one of my participants, me too, was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really paying much attention to the feeling and being. Um, but that's where our intuition lies and we turn that down. Anyway, if a table only has two legs, easy for that table to topple over, that's us. And uh, that leads to stage two. And this is the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the shock. Um, you're, here's the, you know, where, where this shock and trauma is tattooed on your mind and on your heart right here. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So you've ignited the stress response. Now you're headed, headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. It makes no sense. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how life works. Don't go there. Trust this person. And in a moment, everything you thought you knew, all the rules, is it's just shattered. So the bottom has bottomed out on you right here. And it's, it's terrifying. And a new bottom hasn't been constructed yet. But think about it. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to suddenly bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. But that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How will I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I, where do I, how do I feed my kids? Like it's practical. But here's, here's the trap. Once you figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. So you start planting roots here. You're like, okay, okay, we got this. 
and a few things start to happen. You start uh, having these so, sort of small self benefits. You get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Should I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget. It's too hard. I won't trust anybody. And so you plant deeper roots here. And then because you're planting deeper roots, your, um, your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not as great as you thought you were. Maybe this, maybe that. And you plant deeper roots. And then because like energy attracts like energy, now you're attracting people and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm this is where you belong. And it gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad and you have no idea, but you have no idea there's a stage four and stage five waiting. Here's where you resign yourself to well, th this is as good as it's getting. I better find a way to be okay with this. So right here is where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy. And you do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit. A year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, you know, that drinking you're doing, that, you know, numbing in front of the TV you're doing. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. And they would say, the heck that happened 20 years ago doesn't matter they just stayed in that stage three does that make sense yes yeah yes, anyway if you are willing to let go of those small self benefits you grieve you mourn a bunch of things you need to do you move to stage four stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal here's where you acknowledge i can't undo the experience, but I control what I do with it. So I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, you don't have your stuff there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you know it's going to be okay. And when you're in this kind of mental state, what you're doing is you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but you stopped right here causing the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. And what's so interesting about stage four is, you know, if you were to move, you don't take everything with you, right? Like you don't take the stuff that doesn't represent the version of you you want to be when you're in that new space. And what I found was if your friends were there for you, right here's where you back on them. You don't take them with you. You know, and people ask me all the time, they say, what the heck? I've had these these friends, 10, 20, 30 years, is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation and you've just outgrown them. Anyway, when you're in stage four, you're settling into this new mental, emotional space. You can uh, slowly move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. So the body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules, new boundaries based, based on where you've been, you know, and um, you have a new worldview based on your entire experience. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Outstanding. That is a, that, a, that is very thorough and very in-depth for the person to go through is that if there's as they understand what they're going through and yeah. feel those three, the first three stages, especially to understand they can move forward to number four and then get to number five where the sunlight's actually shining again for them and everything's opened up and the whole new world is there for them. 
Exactly, exactly. And and you can see why so many people get so stuck in that stage three. And that's where they stay. And uh, it, it's there's there's now just an absolute roadmap. There is now staying stuck is a choice. Definitely, it is. Mm-hmm. And especially when a, a study like yours has come, you've done so much work on the study, created the institute. There's there's actual data that supports what you're what you put forward. They, mm-hmm. There's nothing they can deny about what can happen to them if they just push forward. Yeah, but but it's interesting because. So many people would, uh, and I, we see it all the time, um, they'd rather hang on to their story. It takes a lot of work to say, okay, this, this just doesn't serve anymore. And, um, and, I, and I tell you know, our members, we have daily classes with our certified coaches and all of our programs, and, and I'm in there doing this open Q&A every week. And, and I tell them that you know, this, and we have the right type of support in there, the most loving, uplifting community of men and women. And, and I tell them, you know, this, this is the hardest work you'll ever do and the most transformative because there is a version of you so healthy, so healed, so strong, so empowered on the other side of your trauma. Definitely. So if a person doesn't understand that they're actually going through this stuff, how do they, what questions can they ask themselves yeah. to see if they're numbing, avoiding or distracting themselves to stay away from stuff? Right. And, and, and this is, you know, for that person who is in that stage three, they're surviving, but that's all they're doing. So these are four questions I invite everybody to write down. And that's my way of saying, write these down. So <laughs> it's, am I numbing and distracting? If so, how? Be honest with yourself. Do you walk into a room and you, you're headed for the, the, the cabinets, you know, to grab some chips or whatever? You're not the least bit hungry. Call yourself on it. Do you walk into a room, turn on the TV to drown out the sound of your own thoughts? Be honest. The second thing, the second question is, what am I pretending not to see? Am I pretending not to see uh, that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see this relationship challenge? Am I pretending not to see, I, I hate my job. What am I pretending not to see? The third question, what's life gonna look like in five to 10 years if I do nothing? Play it all the way out. Play that out, that health issue, ignore it for another five to 10 years. What will that look like? Play out that relationship issue another five to 10 years. What will that look like? And play out, you know, that that work issue five to 10 years. What will that look like? And the last question, what could life look like in five to 10 years if I change now? And, and you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. And I did two TEDx talks and the first one, um, Stopped Sabotaging Yourself, was actually all about this topic. Because I find, and the second one was, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? Uh, but I find that so often, you know, there's, there's that, um, what used to work doesn't work anymore. What used to feel good doesn't feel good anymore. What used to make sense doesn't make sense anymore. And uh, so we just try to ignore it. And it's not necessarily bad, but we know it's going to cause a shakeup. So we do all we can to just try to make it go away. And um, it's it. And so what happens is the voice gets louder and louder, you know, so the stakes get bigger and bigger and we ignore it until we can't. Right. Until, until something either shocks us back into reality or we can mm-hmm. dive into a deeper hole. That's it. And, and I, you know, in, uh, in my book, the unshakable woman, um, I talk about, 
two different types of crises. One is the life crisis, you know, the divorce, death of a loved one, disease, devastation of some kind, abuse, betrayal, financial crisis, whatever it is. And then I talk about the self-induced life crisis. And here's where we're bringing it on. And, you know, th this is this is when you're just done. This is decision. This is the day, you know, you, you throw out the cookies, you make the phone call, you pack the bags, you, you make the doctor appointment like that day. And, uh, and you're different and everyone around you knows it. And, and that's okay. You know, we can, we can prevent a life crisis or we can heal from one. It's up to us. Definitely. And, uh, I've learned a lot from you just in this, uh, short 20 something minutes right now. Uh, just all, I would have never known all this stuff if I didn't uh, get that invite from you. And I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad we connected. And this has been very uh, informational for me, educational, informational. Uh, my PhD is nothing like this. So mine's more towards Homeland Security, so it's a little different, a lot different. <laughs> so. <laughs> They're all needed, right? I mean, we're all <laughs> contributing where we need to. That's the beauty. Exactly. Uh, how was Dr. Oz when you met him? Oh, he, you know... The, it was it was an, an amazing experience, and uh, I mean that was so long ago, and it was about a, actually a fitness topic. But the most fun part about that was uh, Queen Latifah was in the green room with me, and and she's looking at me like I don't know who you are, but maybe you're someone if <laughs> you're back here. Uh, and that was just that was a great experience, a lot of fun. That's awesome, and now she has a hit show on CBS, so it's pretty good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So how does someone get in contact with you if they want to get help for their betrayal symptoms and stuff? Yeah, thank you. So the best thing to do is take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. And you can just find that at the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Awesome. I'll put that on the show notes when the show goes live. So uh, the audience will be able to reach out and uh, and get a hold of you and finally get help if they need so. That's, that's great. I mean, there's, there's no, that staying stuck is so painful and the worst has already happened. So you owe it to yourself to do something good with something bad. Exactly. You always got to think, think about the better things that have, can happen in life and go for those and not keep dwelling on something that'll is just being a weight on your chest for the rest of your life. And it's making you sick. That's the yeah. thing too. If you had any idea uh, how your toxic emotions, the havoc, it's, they're wreaking on, on your body, you'd stop in a minute. So it's really important to, to just get that stuff under control. Definitely. And again, thank you, Debbie, for being on. And thanks for taking some of your time away from your family out there. And enjoy <laughs> the rest of your time out there before you head back to the East Coast. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunities. People like you who give people like me a voice. I appreciate it. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are... 
Fit, 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 fit,